Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist, here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome to another episode of the Luxury Specialist Podcast. I'm your guest, Michael Lafito. You are in the right place if you're a team leader, you're a broker owner, or you're an individual agent, whether you're with a large franchise or an independent, there's going to be something for everybody. Again, welcome those that are watching live and those that are listening to a replay. Check out our other podcasts. Check out our other episodes. Today, I have a special guest on. But before I introduce our guest, as always, if you guys have any questions whatsoever, shoot me an email, Michael at Marketing Luxury Group, Michael at Marketing Luxury Group. And for those of you that are watching this live stream, you can actually type in your questions, no matter if you're watching on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you can type in your questions for myself or for my guest, or if you're watching a replay of this, please shoot us an email. As I mentioned earlier, our email is michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. As for those of you that have watched and listened to other episodes, if you recall, we've had top luxury agents, we've had team leaders, we've had you know newer agents, we've had seasoned veteran agents that are new to luxury, and we've also had million dollar agents on this show. Today, I have a special guest. I have a special guest for many uh, for many reasons. Uh, this guest was one of the co-founders of Zillow, but today they're on because we're gonna be talking about fractional ownership. Spencer Raskoff is an entrepreneur and tech executive who founded Zillow, co-founded Zillow, Hotwire, .LA, and Picasso. In the spring of 2022, Spencer was a visiting professor where he taught Harvard College's first ever startup class, Startups for idea, Ideatation to Exit. Okay, I probably butchered that, but Spencer will forgive me. And in the fall of 2019, he co-created and co-taught the Harvard Business School's course, Managing Tech Ventures. Spencer's the, the host of Office Hours, a podcast featuring candid conversation between prominent executives on leadership, diversity and inclusion, as well as startups. Spencer graduated from Harvard University. Without further ado, I'm gonna bring Spencer on. Spencer, how are you today? I'm great, thank you for having me, excited to be here. Hey, I'm so ex excited and thank you. Uh, I know you're very busy. Uh, today we're gonna to be talking about fractional ownership and I have the, the I got the promo image up of the the show today, Fraction Ownership in Luxury Real Estate. That's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we do that, uh, you got to tell everybody, everybody's, I'm sure, has heard of Zillow. They might not have heard of Picasso. So tell everybody a little bit about your your role, how long you were at Zillow. Sure. And uh, give everybody a little history there before we talk about Picasso today. Absolutely. So I started Zillow in 2005. We launched in 2006. I started it with a couple other colleagues. We all left Expedia together to start Zillow. And I was the longest serving CEO. I was CEO there for more than a decade. Um, 
Uh, under my leadership, we got up to about 5,000 employees and over $10 billion of market cap. And when I left Zillow about three years ago, um, I wanted to do another startup. And one thing I've always loved is luxury real estate. It's one of the reasons that I helped start Zillow. And I've also been fortunate enough to own a second home for a long time. And I was fortunate enough as a kid for my parents to own a second home. And I know the impact that having a second home can have on one's lifestyle and their, uh, their happiness and their ability to live an enriched life. But second homes are incredibly expensive for a lot of reasons, one of which is that they mostly sit empty. And so the underutilization of second homes makes them very, very expensive. So I started Picasso about three years ago with former Zillow folks, almost the whole leadership team, including my co-founder and CEO, joined me from Zillow to start Picasso. And the goal of Picasso is to enrich lives by creating a way for more people to experience second home ownership through co-ownership. So we take a luxury home and we fractionalize it in eights and we sell it to up to eight different folks. Sometimes people buy two or three units. So uh, sometimes there are four or five or six families that co-own the home together. They don't typically know each other. And they use the Picasso app to schedule visits to their home. Picasso does the property management. Picasso handles every detail. And it allows people to own a second home for a fraction of the cost. Wow. So most human beings are terrible at numbers, including realtors. So let's keep it really simple. Let's just say there's an $8 million property. And I'm going to pull up, by the way. You see across the screen, those of you that are watching this, Picasso.com. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com for those of you that are driving. Keep your eyes on the road. But I'm going to pull up the website as well. And you see just some amazing properties on your website. And again, there's there's listings, there's reviews. You can learn more about Picasso. You can view listings there. That's why I wanted to pull this up. But let's just keep it really simple. Let's just yeah. say there's an $8 million property and you sell fraction ownership by eight. So keep it really simple. Eight million divided by eight, a million. You know, so for a million, you can buy an eighth. Uh, fraction of ownership of one of these properties that are on your website. Is that correct? That's correct. And the reason that we chose eighths as the unit of sale is the data says that even when people own all of a second home themselves, when they own it outright, they typically only use it about one eighth the year. So uh, an eighth is six weeks a year, which is about how much most people want to use a second home. And so that's why we sell these homes in eighths. Now, it's important to understand this is not timeshare. This is real property. You actually own one eighth of the LLC of the home. So it's real property. Uh, we have a very robust and active resale market. So when one of the owners wants to sell their home, they notify Picasso. Picasso tells the other owners anonymously, the other homeowners who have the right of first refusal. And if none of them buy the unit, then Picasso lists it with a local agent in the MLS. So we're not in some alternative marketplace like Timeshare. In fact, we've had quite a few resales and the average rate of appreciation of our resales is about 12%. So wow. um, it's, it's a robust secondary market, which I think is really important when people are thinking about whether to buy into something like this, they want to know, can they get out uh, because they've been burned by the Timeshare product. And so getting in and getting out is very important. Uh, well, that, thank you for a little backstory there, because, you know, many of our listeners, we've had guests on talking about luxury auctions in the past. Right. So, you know, th there's some sellers that have gone that route. Uh, are, are your primary clients uh, both sellers and buyers or do you start with the listing? You need the property. Yeah. You need the seller to agree to a fraction ownership sale. 
It's a great question. So the inventory that becomes Picasso comes from a couple of different places. Most commonly, it's regular on-market inventory. So a luxury home will be listed by an agent in the MLS. Picasso has an acquisitions team that identifies that home, reaches out to the listing agent and makes an offer. Frequently, we make that offer contingent on a 60 or sometimes a 90 day close. And during that period of time, we relist the home in fractions and we furnish the home. And ideally, from our perspective, by the time we close on the home, we have most of the home resold already. Now, it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes we have three or four or five eighths sold and we hang on to two or three eighths, which we then sell subsequent to our closing. So that's the way a lot of our inventory uh, comes on to, in, into, the, into the marketplace. Some of the inventory is what we call sell down inventory, where a homeowner owns a second home already and perhaps they rent it out on Airbnb or VRBO. Uh, perhaps they just have it sitting there underutilized and they want to right size their ownership. So they'll come to us and say, hey, can I sell half of my home through Picasso or a quarter of my home through Picasso? I'll hang on to the rest and I'll turn my home into a Picasso. Picasso will start doing the property management uh, and so forth. So some of our inventory comes that way. And then the third way that inventory comes into the Picasso system is through developers where a home builder or a luxury resort will come to us and say, you know, we're building this home or we're building these eight homes. Will you turn one of one or two or three of them into Picassos? And so we work with that developer and typically their real estate brokerage or agent uh, to turn that new inventory into Picassos. So uh, very good insight. I, I thank you for sharing some scenarios, which I'm sure a lot of our listenership is, this is new to. So yeah. again, it's not, this is not a, uh, a, a resort where you're going and, and, and you got to listen to a three to six hour <laughs> pitch and you're buying timeshare. So this is not a timeshare. You actually own, you split the cost with property taxes, main, maintaining, et cetera. Is that correct? Exactly. So um, it's, it's a single family home. I mean, these are like regular homes. This is not in a hotel. It's not a resort type thing. It's, it's a home. Uh, and you're responsible for one eighth uh, or however much you choose to buy of the upkeep. Now, Picasso handles everything. We handle bill pay, property management, maintenance. Uh, you know, many of our homes have amenities like a golf cart or a boat uh, that come with the home. Uh, and so we handle everything and you just get assessed every month or, um, you know, or, or however frequently is necessary for your portion of it. We also have owner lockers on site. So uh, or owner closets. So you keep your skis there or your. Uh, your family photos, your board games, your clothes, et cetera, on property. So, you know, what you described is what I call the Ritz-Carlton experience, right? The silver platter. So you are literally taking care of everything for the owner. Uh, now, let's address some elephant in the room. We have realtors watching and listening. If I Using that $8 million scenario where you have a buyer that's buying an eighth, do, do, does, does, do you guys pay? Do you cooperate with you? We do. So um, we this, this business is very, very agent and industry friendly. Uh, we pay commissions all over the place. So if an agent brings us a buyer of, say, one eighth of our home, we pay them a commission. If we buy a home from uh, it, to turn it into a Picasso, we pay that agent the commission and so on and so forth. So, awesome. yeah, um, we, we work very close with agents. And actually, you know, when when my co-founder, Austin Allison, was the founder of Dot Loop, which is a real estate transaction management software business that Zillow acquired. Yes. And then Austin ran our real estate software business at Zillow for four years. So we worked together as as execs at Zillow for 
for several years before leaving to start Picasso. When we started the business, we wanted to make sure that it was very industry friendly and very agent friendly. And um, you know, one thing that we observed about luxury second home destination real estate agents, like agents in Napa and Aspen and Tahoe and Malibu, is that they get a lot of tire kickers. <laughs> they get a lot of customers that come seasonally and they go see houses when they're there for ski season and they look at houses and they never end up buying. And so what we've done with Picasso is we've created a new product for them. And a lot of agents are having great success with this, where they'll call their book of business or use their CRM to reach out to their past clients and say, hey, remember how you looked at that $8 million home last year and you said to yourself, you know, maybe I'm not going to use it enough. Forget it. Well, there's this new product. It allows you to own an $8 million home, but for an eighth of the cost, maybe now is time to pull the trigger and right size your ownership. So many agents are earning great business by selling Picassos to their their book of of, uh, of window shoppers. Yeah, no, that that's great. Get some people off the fence is what you're saying. Exactly, exactly. Uh, be, let's take a step back and I, I wanna circle back to Picasso. I wanna come back to markets, et cetera. But before I do that, you know, here we are at the time of this recording, we're, we're, we're you know, just prior to mid-year 2023. What are you guys seeing in the market overall? I mean, you're specializing in in the top 5% of properties worldwide, you know, top 1% maybe. What are you seeing overall uh, compared to a year ago? If we were to look back yeah. over the last 12 months, how are we looking May, June of 2023 versus May, June of 2022? Well, it's a very strange market, the strangest that I've seen in the 20 years that I've been in real in the real estate industry. It's strange because it's characterized by very low levels of inventory because of mortgage rate lock in. So a lot of people have two, three, four percent mortgages and maybe they're no longer they no longer have the home that's right for them, but they don't want to sell because they can't afford to buy at six or seven percent mortgages. So there's very limited inventory in these luxury markets. What limited inventory there is is still selling quickly. But everything is kind of gridlocked, like the, the market's just sort of frozen. And, um, you know, and then you add on top of that, a level of economic malaise, even at the high end, where a lot of buyers are saying, hey, you know, the economy feels a little jittery. Maybe I'm going to hold off before buying that second home in Vail or Jackson Hole or Miami Beach, because I'm not really sure what's going to happen to the economy. Maybe I'll wait until there's more clarity there. So everything is sort of locked up in many of the markets that we find ourselves in. Uh, so great information. You talked about interest rates. Uh, again, I was at the T3 Summit a few uh, few weeks back, uh, top 200 most influential people in real estate there and a common theme and one data point that I wanted to share that Spencer referenced. 70% of mortgages currently in the US, so homeowners that currently have a mortgage, 70% of them have an interest rate of 4% or less. So. You know, Spencer, you hit the nail on the head, you know, unless somebody really has to move right mm -hmm. now, that has been a sticking point. And you also mentioned the lack of inventory. That's what that's what's keeping prices, uh, you know, stable in some markets appreciation. You know, I'm going to be going to Austin next week. Uh, next week, I'm doing what I call my Texas rodeo tour. We're doing our training in Austin. We're doing our designation training in Houston, sold out. We have 80 agents taking our Lux designation then going to Dallas. But Austin is one of those markets that we're actually seeing depreciation in values. What are some of the top markets that Picasso uh, is, is partaking in? Yeah. So Picasso is in 40 markets and four countries. We're in the US, we're in Spain, 
uh, England or the UK and Mexico. Uh, some of our top markets are Napa Valley, Cabo, Miami, Newport Beach, um, uh, um, Aspen, Vail, Jackson Hole. Um, those are those are tend to be our top markets. Um, we're not in any real urban markets just yet. I, I guess you could say Miami is an urban market, but um, you know we're not, for example, in New York City. We're not in my in uh, Boston or Chicago. Uh, those are places I think Picasso could do very well because a lot of people would love to, for example, own a quarter of an apartment in Manhattan um, rather than staying at a hotel or or um, finding other accommodations. But we're not in those urban markets yet. So we're focusing for now on second home vacation destinations. Uh, Cabo is also an excellent market for us as well. Okay. I had a, a, a guest chime in. What about Puerto Rico? Are you guys looking at, is that on the radar? It is, on, it is definitely on the radar. I'm sure we'll get there. We have big ambitions, um, you know, the, but we're not there just yet. We, we are trying to be really everywhere. I mean, you mentioned that, of course, that you're in Chicago, for example. And the, the goal, the mission of this company is to be in some lake in the Midwest that, you know, I may not be familiar with not having lived there and have $50,000 eighths of a $400,000 lakefront home. In, uh -huh. in, I mean, this uh -huh. is not only about $10 million homes in Aspen and Vail. Uh, it's just going to take us a little while to get there. So stay sure. tuned. We're growing quickly. We're the fastest company to become a unicorn ever. Um, uh, unicorn is a private venture-backed company worth more than a billion dollars. So Picasso is off to a very, very fast start. We just passed a billion dollars of total real estate sales or revenue in our third year. Um, we've got over a thousand very, very happy owners that love the product. 40% of our business comes from referrals from owners that uh, recommend it to their friends. Many, many Picasso owners have bought two or three or even four. I think we have one person that owns five Picassos in different destinations already. Wow. So um, the, the sort of surf and turf use case is pretty, pretty common. So somebody might, for example, have a million dollars to spend on a second home. And they go and they look in Aspen or Tahoe and try to figure out what does a million dollars get you? And the answer is not much. <laughs> and so then they say to themselves, well, how about I take $500,000 and buy an eighth of a $4 million home? And that's ski in, ski out. And I take $500,000 and I buy an eighth of a home in Palm Springs or a home in Malibu or Picasso in La Jolla. And all of a sudden they have two vacation homes now, both of which are at a price tier that, you know, knocks their socks off. Yeah, that, that you know, you bring up a good point, right? So you know, one of the things we teach agents and brokers is is the mindset of a high net worth individual. What keeps them awake at night, right? And so you talk, you guys are offering concierge, VIP, Ritz-Carlton experience, property management, et cetera. Uh, but a lot of times you're playing with people, a lot of money, and, and there's some egos involved as well, right? So, you know, having a million or $2 million property in Vail versus you know, fourth ownership and an $8 million and having six weeks of it uh, is, is it probably wows a lot of their inner circle and their friends as well. Absolutely. And actually, you know, you, you what you said just triggered a, a thought for me, which is one of the, I guess you could say challenges that Picasso has is something that probably listeners of this podcast and, and clients of yours have as well, which is trying to convince luxury home buyers to live in the moment that you only live once, life is short. The kind of philosophy of saying to somebody, look, you're, what, you're gonna wait to buy that ski house until you know your knees don't work great and you're too old to ski. You're gonna wait to buy that beach house until your kids no longer wanna hang out with you anymore. Like, you know, what are you waiting for? It's time to start yeah. living. 
And that is very core to the Picasso value proposition. And that's what Picasso is all about, is trying to convince people that life is short and uh, owning a second home is, is, is pretty terrific. And it's available to you today rather than delaying that gratification until much later in life. But that's, you know, that's a challenge that we have as, as we try to, to tip a prospect over the fence into becoming a customer. Yeah, that, that's a great point. We we use that as uh, we we refer to it as QTR. So when I'm having discussions with my clients okay. or agents, quality time remaining. Right over these last three years, there's been a lot of close loved ones that have passed away, and I think we realize that nothing's guaranteed anymore. So QTR, quality time remaining. Uh, literally before this show, I was talking with a client of mine owns a six million dollar property. And he refused staging. It's very Mediterranean, taste-specific property. And, and Spencer, he says, I'm never going to paint this house. I, I know the stager said to paint it. I know my builder said to paint I, I'll die in this house before I paint it. So I, I respectfully said to him, totally get it. I'm not going to you know, push a square peg into a round hole. So then what we're going to do is we're going to do some digital renovations for that house. So when we're marketing it, a buyer will see what it could be. And then we're going to get actual estimates. So again, thinking outside the box, being creative, you know, you referenced in that scenario, excuse me, if somebody had a million dollars, buy something in a ski place, buy something maybe in Cabo. Well, listen, the, I'm a big NFL guy and my Chicago Bears, they just came out with their schedule and my my real estate attorney, we always go to a couple games a year. <clears throat> Everybody fights over the Bears-Packers game. It's the prime game. It's the first game of the year. It's the prime game. So how do your one-eighth owners, one-fourth owners pick their spring break, their holidays, you know, I got to imagine the calendar and, and spreading the six weeks out and fighting for the prime weeks has got to be difficult and a headache. How do you guys handle that? Well, it, it's a great question. And I've been asked this question thousands of times in different settings. And I must admit, nobody has ever asked it in the frame of reference of, of, of allocating tickets to football games. So <laughs> I love that. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a great and, and serious question. And the, uh, the, the short answer is we have an algorithm, basically a formula that's in the app, which equitably distributes time based on people's preferences. The longer answer is there are a lot of rules. So for example, you can schedule six visits at a time going out two years in advance. You can hold one of the next three national holidays. If you have this July 4th, you can't have that July 4th and so on and so forth. So okay. In the aggregate, we've had, I think it's over 60 or 70,000 room nights stayed already. So you know, a lot of, of throughput through the system. And uh, we have a 4.8 out of five star rating on every single um, stay overall. We have a 70 or high 70s, low 80s net promoter score, which is excellent. Um, we get a ton of referral business and repeat purchase. So I'd say in the aggregate, it works out pretty well. Now, wow. Um, you know, those that want more control of the schedule, they tend to buy two eighths and then they have a quarter of the calendar and they get a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more control. Um, it's a bit like uh, fractional jets, right? It's like if you own your own plane, that's pretty awesome. It can be there whenever exactly you want and right. the interior will look exactly like you want and it's your plane. But you know what? That's pretty inaccessible. But if you own a fraction of a plane through some net jets type service, 
that's still pretty darn awesome. And it's not quite as awesome, but it's such a step change over flying commercial that it's still pretty amazing. And, and that's really how Picasso owners tend to experience Picasso ownership. Yeah, that net jet, net jet analogy uh, is, is spot on. So thank you. And it sounds like the, the algorithms are very accurate. I might say, sounds like they're more accurate than his estimate. But <laughs> we won't go there. So. Well, it's a much easier challenge. Allocating uh, time among among eight people in an app is a lot easier than figuring out what every house in the country is worth. But yeah, uh, I know. I'm just that's kidding. fair. So, <laughs> um, the, my next question is about the perception and the local markets. Mm. So, two years ago, I hosted our luxury designation training at AXR Winery in Napa. I know yeah, that winery. I'm a member of that winery. I love. Are I love you really? I, I know it very, very well. Oh, the barn. Yep, yeah, yep. we were out in the barn. Yep. It was great. I had, uh, <laughs> uh, I had Glenn Sanford, uh, founder of EXP. Course, he spoke yeah. at it. Had the the president of the Asian Real Estate Association speak at it, and I had the founder of the LGBTQ Alliance, my good friend Ryan, speak at that conference mm -hmm. in Napa. By the way. Uh, uh, you guys were a sponsor of their event in September, as was I. My booth was right next to Picasso's oh, wow. <laughs> at the Alliance event. And you guys are also a sponsor at the Remax Luxury Forum in New Orleans in June. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're speaking at it. We're sponsors. So I doubt I'll see you there. But uh, it would be great to see you at one of these events. Yeah, AXR so, is a great winery. I just tasted there. I, I think you, what you're getting at, though, is we have some pushback in certain markets. Maybe yeah, so literally, my car that was bringing me to AXR Winery, I, I'm, I'm, I, we get off the, the, the highway there, and we're at the stoplight, and literally, you see Picasso with the big red circle with this across it, and and so what's the perception of a Picasso? Is it like it, people think it's going to be an Airbnb and there's going to be a lot of people coming through and they don't understand the model? Yeah, you know, we do have pushback in some not in my backyard type communities. It's frustrating to us, frankly, because we think we're very good for communities. We think we take underutilized homes and increase the utilization rate by having a couple families co-own the home together. And that puts more people in the community, more people going to the wineries and the restaurants and, and, and the farmer's market rather than fewer. Um, and, uh, you know, but but yeah, there is pushback in some places. There is a perception that these will be party houses like an Airbnb. They are not. <laughs> these are owned homes where a couple families own the home. It's a big ticket price. As you mentioned, our average purchase price is about a million dollars on an $8 million home. So these are not you know, high school kids or college kids renting a, a house for one night so they can trash it at a party. These are very right. expensive homes. Um, we're also not taking homes out of circulation from local folks. These are not homes that we're going to go to a school teacher and a firefighter that are now becoming Picassos. These are luxury homes that would have otherwise been bought by somebody that lived far, far away and sat empty 95% of the year. Uh, and instead, we're putting you know, multiple folks who are going to own it and love it. And, you know, for us, it's a it's a it's a long game of communication and explaining that to municipalities and to neighbors and communities and trying to earn their trust. And there are some places where we're, we're welcomed and other places where we're getting pushback. But mm -hmm. um, I think with education, all education, sounds like yeah. education, just having these conversations, letting yes. them know some of the alternatives. If 
if that owner keeps going down the path of maybe trying to sell the traditional route as well? Yeah, it's education time. I think as people get used to it, um, you know, I own a Picasso in Malibu, for example, and uh, the home that I own one eighth of um, was an Airbnb. We we bought it and we now put eight families in it that treat it like ownership. So we're undoubtedly better for the community than having a, an endless stream of strangers coming through. And we've gotten to know our neighbors and we take care of the house and so on and so forth. So, um, I, you know, I think it's good for communities, but we do have some work to do to convince everybody of that. Yeah. Well, you, using that net jet, jet analogy, it's not like, you know, there's a bachelor party, somebody rents a jet with their buddies, they're drinking and let the next person clean it up. No, guys, we're owners in this jet. We got to yeah. take care of it like it's our jet. So exactly. it's a totally different mindset. And, you know, in some of these markets where these upper 1% homes are more difficult to sell, you have more days on the market. And what happens is, you know this, Spencer, what do they do? Many sellers or many agents that are inexperienced, they adjust, they, they cut the price. They cut yeah. the price. And so you're actually keeping uh, property values up. So that should be, and I know it is probably, one of your messages to the consumer as well. Well, the number, th think for a moment, the number of people that can afford a million dollar eighth of a home in Napa or Tahoe or Aspen or Malibu is far greater than the number of people that can afford all $8 million of real estate there. And the most common objection to somebody evaluating whether to spend $8 million on a home is, am I going to be able to use it enough? So Picasso alleviates those two concerns. So, you know, I, I, again, I, I do think we're good for local real estate markets in these communities. Um, and we're also bringing people into these communities and increasing utilization of the homes. Uh, I, I have a home in Napa Valley and, uh, you know, which, which I own outright. I own all of it. I bought it before we started Picasso. And, you know, when I'm in Yonville or St. Helena near the winery you were at on a Tuesday night in January, it is a ghost town and the grocery store can't stay in business. And the restaurants have to close in the winter. And it's, it's like this in Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard and the Hamptons and, you know, all sorts of vacation destinations off season. And that's because of low utilization rates of second homes. Yeah. Picasso yeah. homes are utilized about 90%. And if you include the days that we take the homes offline for maintenance, it's almost 99%. So wow. these homes have people staying in them, going to the restaurants year round, going to the bars. Hire, you know, hiring housekeepers um, yeah. and and contributing to the you know, going to the farmers market, so on and so forth year round. Great, great point. A uh, couple bullet point type questions for you. What's the average uh, ownership? What's the average sale price of a Picasso property? You mentioned a million dollars. So little, it's a little less than that. It's uh, I think around seven or eight hundred thousand is the average unit price. Around five to six million dollar whole home. Okay, perfect. Uh, what percent of the fr the fractional ownership are U.S. based uh, owners versus foreign? Uh, I don't have the exact data, but almost entirely Americans. We have, I mean, we're we're not widely known outside of the U.S. yet, so most of our customers are Americans. Oh, great, R great information. Thank you for that. Uh, if you guys have any questions for Spencer, type in your your questions now. Whether you're watching on YouTube. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you can type in your questions. And for anybody that is watching a replay of this, you can send me an email, Michael at Marketing Lecture Group, Michael at Marketing Lecture Group. 
you know, uh, a couple things that I want to ask you, and then we'll wrap things up. Again, two things before I ask this question. Again, on the screen, guys, go to Picasso.com. You'll see the actual website, Picasso. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com, Picasso.com. Uh, before I show the website one last time, if you guys are interested, we got our next book coming out, Secrets of Top Luxury Agents. Shoot me an email, secretsoftopluxuryagents.com. Uh, for more information on that, go to secretsoftopluxuryagents.com. All right, this is the Picasso website. There's a learn tab at the top, Spencer. There's the listings tab, the reviews, the contact. Uh, you even have the different currencies. People can join your mailing list. So there's a lot of information on here. Is that correct? So if anybody is tuning in late, they want more information on the second home co-ownership and FAQs, if you will, uh, they should go to Picasso.com. Yes. And we have a lot of information there for real estate agents as well to talk about our commission structure and how we work with agents too. That's great. Thank you for that. Uh, that's probably the best place, correct? For people to find out more information, go to Picasso.com. Yes, please. All right, great. Spencer, you've been a wealth of knowledge. It's again, thinking outside the box, creativity. We're trying to provide solutions for our, our, our viewership, our listenership, whether it be top agents, whether they be aspiring luxury agents, whether they be a broker owner and fractional ownership, fractional sale is really important especially in the secondary market i'd love to talk to you further about when you are looking at some of these urban markets uh, that's right up my alley i'd love to talk to you further about that to help you guys with the launch we'll get there we represent some really unique properties um, in not just the chicagoland market i helped an agent secure a 22.9 million in fort lauderdale i think that would be a perfect property close to miami i think that would be a perfect property for fractional ownership. So if somebody thinks they have a great property, just they go to Picasso.com, hit the contact information, and then you'll have someone follow up with them? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm happy to put my email address out there. I'm Spencer at Picasso.com. So S-P-E-N-C-E-R at P-A-C-A-S-O.com. You can feel free to email me and I'll point you in the right direction. Awesome. Uh, Spencer, uh, when we get off this uh, training, stick around for a minute. I want to run something by you, but you've been a wealth of knowledge. I appreciate your time. Again, we're talking about fractional ownership, the co-founder of Picasso, co-founder of Zillow, just great information. Thank you for what you're doing for the industry. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, Spencer there, go to Picasso.com. You see it on the screen, some great information. Again, keep raising the bar for the industry. If you guys have any questions for me, please shoot me an email, Michael at Marketing Luxury Group. Michael at Marketing Luxury Group. we got some really great shows coming up. And again, you can always go to our YouTube channel, go to Marketing Luxury Group and listen and watch previous episodes. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Lafito. Like I like telling people, prove them wrong. Make it a great day.